0: Off whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man. Game over. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep.
1: Welcome to Gabbin in the Woods live from the Adelaide Free. Day drinking is alive and well in Adelaide.
2: Woo! We're bringing it back, baby! Never let it go. Oh my lord. How, how sensible are we? We should get some like funding from like the SA government. Day drinking, come out, get blotto, start a riot, tip that fucking van up outside, fucking <laughs> give the finger to the Port Adelaide walking tour, last train home.
1: You're an ideas woman. That is a
2: damn good night out. You know what? Suck that. You can't get that in New South Wales. Oh, Sydney, we've got a harbour bridge. Can't day drink there.
1: (laughs) I've been to Sydney. There are people day drinking in Sydney. Everywhere.
2: It's literally all we've got. (laughs) Oh, Lord. All right. This week, we are travelling to the very top of Australia. To the Northern Territory to take a look at an infamous story of a household plagued by a poltergeist. Yes. Or it's a party pushing one hell of a porky pie. The year, picture it, is 1997, and a couple rent a four bedroom house. Set on four beautiful acres just outside the town of Humpty Doo. Population 4,300. Now, for those who are not familiar with Humpty Doo, it has a population of, like I said, 4,300 people. It is home to a weird zoological virus that affects kangaroos only in Humpty Doo. What? Um, <laughs> Really? Things to be proud of. It is the home of the giant punching on crocodile. <laughs> so you get to have a few drinks and then punch on out in the car park. Um, I looked it up uh, on the internet. It's two most famous stories. Uh, once was the time that the poli- local police officers were besieged and were set upon at the local pub. When they walked in and the attending bachelorette party (coughs) thought they were the strippers.
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) And police had to use physical force to remove themselves from the situation.
1: I've been to the territory. Those cops are not fit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But that is a bachelorette party. If you are not getting maced because you were trying to take out a stripper... Cancel it. Cancel it. It's not a bachelorette party. (laughs) The other uh, famous news story was uh, three gentlemen um, went to the local school, smashed in the windows and released four crocodiles into the school. They then realised that what they forgot to do, they were actually there to steal a laptop. What the... So after they put the crocodiles into the school, then had to go into the school to fight the crocodiles (laughs) to steal a laptop and then fight their way back out again.
1: Say what you will about Bundaberg rum, but (laughs) that shit is an adventure in a bottle. It really is. It really is. I I need to know, they were carrying four crocodiles when they got to the school. Yes. They went, let's break into the school. They prepared at home. Let's feed our crocodiles into the school. Mm -hmm. Oh, fuck, we need to go steal something from the school. Yes. And now it's full of crocodiles.
2: Yes. (laughs) I don't know if they were thinking that like if when they came in and they finally took the crocodiles out and then if they noticed the laptop they were missing, they'll be like, eh, Crocodile. What are you going to do? That's it,
1: it, such a diversion. That's amazing.
2: <laughs> I should mention the school was not open at the time. Um, it, it, it was nighttime.
1: It sounds like the kind of thing that like, mega-Bogan parents do to get their kids out of the NAPLAN test.
2: <laughs> That's real family love there. That is, yeah. Darwin style. Oh, Lord. Uh, now, a young couple... Jill Somerville, who worked as a shop assistant, and Dave Clark, her partner, a mechanic, moved into a rental home at 90 McMinnis Drive in Humpty Doo. (laughs) They rented the house on the town outskirts and there they lived happily for six months without incident. Then the couple let another couple. Andrew and Kisti... Aegis? Aegis. 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 A- yep. With their one-year-old daughter move in, Andrew was a driller. Yeah, he was.
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah, let's have a party. Put your crocodile in the bowl. Uh...
2: <laughs> <laughs> and Kirsty was currently a stay-at-home mum. Dangerous job.
1: Very yep. dangerous. They... Not as dangerous as a teacher, apparently. <laughs> Not going to get eaten by a crocodile. No, numpty do. Yeah.
2: Uh, now, they and another friend, Doug Murphy, a commercial fisherman. You know what they say about fishermen? No. Hold their breath.
1: Anyway. Ah. You do realise they use a boat to, to catch the fish. They don't dive in and individually catch fish with their hands.
2: The right ones don't. <laughs> The right ones get in there. Yeah, they do.
1: They didn't have water in Broken Hill, did they? They really didn't.
2: You cannot believe my surprise when I moved to like Adelaide at 18 and I'm like, what? That's how you fish? What? <laughs> Put my pants back on and leave. <laughs> it's not what I was expecting at all. Oh, Lord.
1: <sighs> all you caught was crabs.
2: I'm <laughs> bum Oh my God. So now the two, so we got the two couples and Doug Murphy, and they're all, their plan is they're going to rent and share a four bedroom eggshell blue fibro house with covered bar, four car garage, and a pool. Fuck,
1: that is just bogan graceland.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They were all in their late 20s and early 30s. However, the couples were about to share. A lot more than rent. In this week's episode of the Humpty Doo Poltergeist! (laughs) Or my particular favourite, Poltergeist vs.
0: Bogans!
2: Now, at the first, things were peaceful in the household. Well, I guess as peaceful as, you know, things can be with a one-year-old. Ugh. Uh, one night, the couples were sitting inside when they heard what sounded like their roof being showered with pebbles. That's how special. If we don't have a budget.
1: <laughs> what? You don't have a career in Foley. <laughs> <laughs>
2: As they looked up to the sound, (laughs) from nowhere pebbles materialised inside the house and fell onto the upturned faces of the residents. The pebbles appeared to be the same pebbles from their long driveway, but they were clean and warm
1: to the touch. How have they been smuggled inside?
2: That's the mystery. Okay. Ooh. Although as a lady, oh my God, how good would it be that first like day of the month, you know, where you're a bit like, Ehh. wouldn't you just be outstretched on the couch? Just like, oh, come on, warm stone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, uh, <yeah. laughs>
2: how good would that be? <sighs> Maybe that's just me. What? Pebble massages. People paid lots of money for that. Get it for free, mate. <laughs>
1: All you need is a haunting.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, one of the residents ran outside. Well, I think casually flopped in his flip-flops, let's be honest. They're from the NT. (laughs) He went outside and could see no one. Another of the residents climbed up into the roof space but could find nothing
1: out of the ordinary.
2: Why are you looking... What?
1: So they're inside, there's a roof, Yeah. above the roof trying to find out how something got through something solid yes he's hiding porno mags or something <laughs> up there he's, he's i'll like... just go up in the roof and check out why it's so hot up there <laughs> it's not the fucking perlite falling through from my hydroponics at all
2: How <laughs> oh, can you imagine yeah oh my god see we're two very different people when you said that the pearls started dropping out i was not thinking of of uh, marijuana oh my god my giant dildo <laughs> <laughs> the pearls are coming out.
0: No. Can you imagine? Oh,
1: oh my lord. What kind of fucking bizarre silica-filled dildo do you have?
2: You've never, you've never tried the the, the pearls in the dildo? No.
1: <laughs> what is it like? A bubble tea? Oh like, honey! Oh hi.
2: Oh my god! Okay. You Picture?
1: get the dildo. You gotta get the bubbles. Fucking.
2: Okay, what it feels like is it's like, okay, picture Jason Momoa's body in his, like, Aquaman skin-tight costume, and then he has a seizure, (laughs) and then sit on that. That's what that is.
1: Judges.
2: (laughs) People celebrating their anniversary. (laughs) Thank me next year Wink
1: (laughs) Not gonna lie That does sound pretty good
2: Yeah huh? (laughs) Uh, Just just give me a minute
1: She's got the vapours now (sighs)
2: Sorry just had a flashback (sighs) Yes okay So we're in the We can't see anyone No pearls (laughs) They carry on with life However, these rock showers continued and would happen without warning at any time of the day or night. Whilst they were watching TV, <laughs> lying in bed, <laughs> <laughs> then the scratching began.
1: It's not just a cat. <laughs>
2: Relentless scratching sounds behind the walls. It's called rats, mate. Like, yeah. calm down. Like, you're in the NT. It's either, it's either rats or it's a guy with a crocodile. Like, that's what that is. It's a
1: fibro home. It's full of fucking goannas and shit.
2: Yeah. 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 So I'm a bit like, yeah, oh, it's the poltergeist. Mm. <laughs> but then that would start behind the, the walls, any room, any time. Little did they know, this was the fun part. Because next, the knives would come out. Fucking what? Literally. Oh, yeah. Without warning, objects began to be held across rooms. Usually at the residence. Rocks, knives, scissors, paper, spark plugs. <laughs> spark
1: plugs? This <laughs> 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 is like going to a country footy game. <laughs> Fuck you ump, socket.
2: I know you're really angry until you get that. You're like, who you throws spark plug?
1: That's a very bogan thing to do.
2: Actually, it gets more bogan because the spark plug was actually attached to a bottle opener. <laughs>
1: <coughs> I wanna know if this guy like went bogan CSI and picks up the spark plug and just goes, Yeah, VB Commodore, fucking it's real.
2: <laughs> oh Lord. So Basically, all of this stuff began uh, firing around their house. And please excuse me, I usually do this with a, a mouse and I just got a brand new computer because mine exploded. So, excuse my <laughs> delicate fingers while I clumsily double press. Um, <laughs> so, the residents started to suspect, could this be a poltergeist? Woo! <laughs> Or, as the residents would call it, because they're not pretentious, they're proper Aussies. It's not a poltergeist. <laughs> it's polto, mate. Oh, it's a fucking polto! Polto! Polto!
1: Yeah, fucking polto's acting up again.
2: Oh, fucking. We should get a polto right up scomo. <laughs> Marge, the polto's here. <laughs> Now, at first, the residents of the house first attempted to try to communicate with the Pult by using Scrabble tiles that were left out on a table. You're like, What's up, cunt? <laughs> <laughs> the Pult started spelling out words on the tiles and then writing in black texter
1: on the walls. Oh, they're not going to get their bond back.
2: (laughs) If you go into the bar, mine's a Jim Beam and Coke, mate. That's not what was written on the wall. That's just me talking to the people up the back. Jim Beam and Coke. Thanks. (laughs) Black texter on the walls. And then the pebbles on the floor began shaping words. These words
0: Help were help Fire
1: Car. These are all shit scrabble scores. (laughs) Troy. What the fuck?
2: Curiously. The best mate of one of the residents had died just two months previously. His name
0: was Troy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And he had been burned alive just two kilometres from the house. Fuck. When he had had a car accident, it wasn't a crocodile lighting gone bad, which we were all suspecting. He wasn't
1: trying to print merch, was he? (laughs) (laughs)
0: You burn one bag
2: (laughs) (laughs) He had a car accident His car was loaded with paint thinners And it burst into flames Trapping Troy inside And he perished Fuck So some people suspected Was this Troy reaching out from the grave The residents didn't believe it for a second Why? the spirits may have come from the depths of hell and lived through a thousand generations but nothing had prepared them for bogans <laughs> <laughs> troy had been a bogan troy was raised by bogans and those bogans had called him troy with a
1: u <laughs> Name yourself demon. <laughs> it's Troy, but like boy, but not the way Yanks say it.
2: Either way, this is winning because either like a century old poltergeist has fucking fucked up the spelling of a name. How embarrassing. Or if they're faking it, they fucked up the five letter name of their friend.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: If they're telling the truth, their dead friend's been watching them fuck for months. <laughs> and that's what those rocks are for. Stop it! <laughs> you're a fisherman. Learn to hold your breath. Just...
2: I love the fact that you assumed they had to wait till he was dead. <laughs> it's the NT mate. What else are you doing? Yeah. Oh mm. my god. Maybe it's like one of those like you're just trying to. What's that game? You you get a. He's like bottle fl- flipping. No, you get a you get a token if you get it in the hole.
1: Oh, beer pong. Yeah, he's playing beer pong with his live friends. Actually, that sounds plausible, man. These some of these dead shits.
2: you did for a thousand years. You gotta, you know, you can only do the poor Adelaide walking tour so many times. There's
1: a fucking. There's another movie we could make, the Walking Dead shit.
2: <laughs> oh my god, why do we not get funding for these brilliant ideas? Oh my god.
1: He's come to use your (laughs) Wi-Fi.
2: Oh, so yes. Rather than terrify the residents, it pissed them off. So these wonderful residents. Oh, would you like to meet our residents, by the way? Yeah, let's have a look at them. Our residents. Okay, here we have. Look at them. Proper Aussie <sighs> battlers. These photos document their continuing fight against.
0: Just,
1: just for the benefit of our shirts. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> just for the benefit of our listeners who can't see this picture. Yes. What we have here is one of the finest Chrissy Amphlett mullets. <laughs> you will see this side of 1984 next to what I can only describe as a guy that looks like Walter White who probably does know how to cook meth. <laughs> Next to what I can only describe as a future custody battle. So...
2: Yeah. My, my favourite bit is the, is the cigarette. Um, I'm not sure you can see it well in the photos, but it's just proper parenting back in the day oh. when you could blow smoke in your kid's face and it just toughened them up.
1: Just for the record, the kid's not holding the cigarette? He is.
2: No, she is.
1: Oh, yeah, she is. Holy shit. <laughs> Feminism,
2: mate. God. That's amazing. (laughs) And, of course, we have Andrew here with, you know, the threatening car.
1: (laughs) So he's written car on the tiled bathroom floor in rocks.
2: It's not really, you know, it's not really the exorcist, is it? It's not really I'm coming for your soul.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's maybe their toddler shows some promise. That's... (laughs) Oh my god. Or like, oh my god. What's that What's that? what's that wiggle who almost
2: died? He had like a past life experience. He came back and now he's haunting
1: people with my big red car. Boop, 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 boop. So just for the record, there were two there were two wiggles that nearly died. Okay. So there was Jeff Jeff Fat, is that his name? He very nearly died of a heart attack and then another dude got a mystery illness uh, and had to come back later on when he ran out of money. He could suddenly dance again then. <laughs> We're going to get sued.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Get ready. Andrew and the Bogans are about to fight back.
1: So good. Hey, That photo's amazing, too. That's like those weird Polaroids that came out of, like, um, Miley Cyrus when she was, like, first rebelling against her parents with that, like, weird New York photographer who ended up going to jail. My, am I the only person who knows this photographer? <laughs> Doing a podcast with you, Liz, has ruined my Google history.
2: <laughs> sure, sure. It was me that ruined that. Oh, my Lord. Now, in one, what can only be described as one, of the greatest, most epic battles of all time between the dead and the living. Get ready. For an Aussie
1: exorcism. Yes. Yes. <laughs> dead set. They did this.
2: They absolutely. They dead set. Okay. Fuck. Andrew, and this is a picture of our saviour. Mm. I can eat your heart out, Kit Harrington. Look at that. Mm.
1: If that guy is a saviour, his loaves and fishes on the mountain. Most of those fish are undersized. I fucking guarantee it. He doesn't give a fuck about bag limits. Look at him.
2: Fucking game of thongs, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Troy decided to go room to, room to room to room to do battle in an unprecedented bogan exorcism.
1: That's amazing. Oh,
0: my God, absolutely. In the name of the fancy. In the name of the fancy. In the name of the, the, the nozies. <laughs> yeah, where you can? it not all up, yet. <laughs>
2: really wish they'd let me smoke a Winnie Boo so I could just... room to room and performed an exorcism a how do you Bogan? think this exorcism went? actually before you do it do you want to I should say I got some thongs from the
0: Vatican
2: <laughs> <laughs> you might want to use them
1: are these are the Jesus issue thongs
2: they're holy
1: hey <laughs> very good
2: I thought of that joke the other day when I discovered a hole in my thongs and I've been making myself laugh for five days so get fucked <laughs> All right, come on, picture yourself. You are Andrew. Channel the Andrew. Channel the Andrew. You are Andrew the bargain. It's coming into your home. It's fucking with your shit. Are you going to stand for that? What do you got to say to this?
1: So, look, this is 1997. Mm-hmm. This is pretty much pre-internet, especially in Humpty Doo. Yep. So, all you can go by is the fact that your wife is probably a bit witchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, hang on. Hang
2: on, the other thing. If you're going to do an Aussie exorcism, put your cape of... Uh do you need to wear your cape of...
1: I was talking earlier about how cancel culture isn't real. If I wear a fucking flag cape and get photographed...
2: Fucking ready for your spirits.
1: (sighs) Fuck. Is is that fucking spirit Lebanese and lives in Cronulla?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oi, Polto, we're full, (laughs) mate. wearing it's a cape it just turns me oh my god take this off okay
1: what what do you think what do you think look he's he's, all he's got to go by is movies and probably the shit that his partner learned in her fucking local crystal healing group (laughs) where she's got a probably got a wolf t-shirt unironically maybe there's a dream catcher
2: Guaranteed.
1: Yeah. What, what would a Bogan Dreamcatcher look like for a start? It's not going to be feathers and shells, especially in Humpty Doo.
2: Empty 4X cans Hurricane and s- cigarette butts.
1: Yeah. Probably a hula ornament from a Tarana.
2: <laughs> Don't forget the spark plug. Yeah. Just- I'm going
1: to manifest a fucking SLR 5000 to and then is- I'm going to catch that dream in me fucking Dreamcatcher. Alright, so the first... Like, I guess the first thing you've got to do is lay the groundwork. Mm-hmm. So he's got to smudge... The old sage smudge from room to room but he's either going to do one of two things okay. he's going to fucking donkey root a winnie blue <laughs> and do that in the corners and fucking threaten it like a prison guy or fucking <laughs> up in all the corners or he's going to light up his fucking choicest fucking buds his choicest just a fat fucking bong rip <sighs> into the corners just fucking come to my house, mate. My fucking rules, I don't care if you're under 10. <laughs> Get that into your cunt, you fucking mellow out. <laughs> That's got to be the first step.
2: The first step? Okay. Yep. Second the step
1: has just got to be, like, once he's done the bit, like, fucking relax, Tracy, I fucking got this. I Fucking... <laughs> Tracy's gonna do that shit we've all seen a bogan woman do at the pub, where they come around the side like a fucking little salacious crumb from Star Wars, and just go get the fuck out of my house, cunt! <laughs> Relax, fucking Tracy, I got this. <laughs> He's gonna offer it a tinny. Oh, because I figure that's that's this is bogan diplomacy, you that know. True? Yeah. Make friends with fucking Polto, make friends with fucking Polto, and then ask him to fucking leave, mate. If he doesn't do that, we'll call the fucking cops. Cops turn up, mistake him for a stripper, shit goes wrong. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: But I reckon the number one thing has got to be he's got to stand there in the room after all his bogan diplomacy's fucking worn out. I've offered you a fucking snag, mate. Fucking snag with fucking onions, I offered you that. I gave you a fucking bong. Offered you a fucking mango, mate, a 4X, I offered you fucking that. Only one thing left to do, cast a spell. And just go, am I ever going to see your face again?
2: No way, get it. fuck fuck off!
1: The power of the angels compels you, cunt!
2: Oh my god, welcome. We actually have the recorded exorcism as performed by Andrew. As he walked from room to room, this was the Aussie Bogan exorcism.
0: Is
1: this fucking real? This is real. Oh my god, this is amazing.
2: As told to reporters.
1: They told this to journalists? Yes. All right. I just got to get into the fucking zone.
2: Channel it. Feel it.
1: Remember growing up in Perry. <laughs> fucking. What do I need these for? Fucking. Give me the thongs. <laughs> All right. Them's a fighting words. Are we ready? Yeah. You're not Troy! Peace week bastard! Why don't you just fuck off? <laughs> You're not Troy, you pissweak bastard. Why don't you just fuck off? Is that a haiku? That's, <laughs> that's incredible. But I- that's it. That's it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think we should dig up we should dig up Doc Nielsen and get the angels to record that immediately.
1: Oh, my God.
2: We're looking for a new Aussie anthem. That's all I'm saying. Oh,
1: wow. Oh.
2: After this, <laughs> after this spectacular, you mocked it, but after this, Troy and the associated words were never seen again. <sighs> But the knife throwing and the pebble showers continued.
1: Because they're bogans and that just happens. Yeah. That's foreplay in most suburbs.
2: Yeah. After desperate pleading from the residents, they convinced Father Stephen de who will be played by Antonio Banderas in the movie. Seriously, like Father de it was back in that time, like, before we found out what really went on with the Catholic Church. You know when you used to be able to have a good Catholic priest fetish fantasy and be like, Ooh, oh, I've been a bad girl, Father. Ooh.
1: Once again, Broken Hill.
2: <laughs> I can't be alone there. Oh, my God. But then, you know, then the Catholic Church ruined it. Ugh. <sighs> anyway, so Stephen Tisosa. A Jesuit priest from St Mary's Cathedral in Darwin came to the property.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's the Latin for He'd come to my property? Oh, Jesus Christ. What? Nothing. You fucking you've probably got a George Pell dildo, fuck, I don't know.
0: <laughs>
2: <sighs> I'm sorry, isn't that ages 3 to down? <laughs>
1: Jeez, <laughs> judges. You could have been on a walking tour. I want to know what the Latin is for you're not Troy, you pissweak bastard.
2: Oh, I should have looked that up. Oh, okay, I'll look that up for next time. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Father De Sosa said that he had encountered several similar incidents during his time serving the church in India. And he suggested that perhaps one of the residents was in fact a natural medium but was unaware of their power and this had drawn the spirit in. As Father De <laughs> sauntered around the house, one of the residents screamed, Father! <laughs> As he turned, A large kitchen knife came flying through the air straight towards his face and half a metre from his face, the knife simply stopped as if it had hit an invisible wall and fell to the ground. All I can think, you know how they have that poster, it's like, oh, when you were struggling and you looked behind you when you could only see two footprints. It's because I, Jesus Christ, carried you. (laughs) It's like that other plaque. Like, remember that time a poltergeist threw a knife at your face but it didn't strike you? Because I threw myself like Kevin Costner in The Bodyguard. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Jesus.
1: (laughs) This is why Jesus isn't coming back. He spends one afternoon in Humpty Doo and he gets shanked. (laughs) It's just like, Israel, fuck this. Never again. <laughs> now, Father Tissosa
2: thought that he could not remove the spirit, but he performed a cleansing ritual and the house fell silent. Polto went on a smoko. <laughs> for three days. Absolute calm. Ah. <sighs>
1: You've got to feel for that priest. Like, he's coming in there, doing a, doing a fucking exorcism. You don't know what's real and what's not, because these are hard-drinking Territorians. They're just going to be bowel-vomiting anyway. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, so it was quiet for three days, and then it returned. And they were like, oh, shit, what do we do now? So... The residents reached out. What's the next religion in the alphabet? We got a Catholic priest. Woo! They brought in Catholic Humpty Doo parished priest, Father Tom English. Father English would visit the property four times. Father Tom English arrived at the property to bless it. When he entered the property, he was greeted by an empty bullet shell falling at his feet. Father English began to sprinkle holy water into the house. I reckon when a
1: bullet drops, you're just like, Yeah, whatever, what whatever, fuck it. Whatever. <laughs> That's straight out of the movie Two Hands as well. <laughs> like the bogan's seen it and just go and drop the bullet. Next one's coming fucking way quicker. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: his efforts were met by a glass medicine bottle, which seemingly appeared from nowhere and then exploded poof, right in his face. Ow just like the wedding couple tonight. Father English... (laughs) I'll be your floating medicine bottle, yeah. (laughs) Father English had no experience with poltergeist and was, frankly, out of his depth. The priest said prayers and blessings and threw holy water throughout the house. He noted that objects were thrown at him from rooms that were empty. As he moved through the house, more objects... eh, Got pilted from empty
0: rooms.
2: (laughs) He says he left the residence with a Bible, a crucifix and bottles of holy water. In other words, he fucked off.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Just DIY, you finish
0: it.
2: Nope. (laughs) (laughs) But this time, this appeared to only just make the situation worse. Now, the crucifix was thrown around the house... And the bottles of holy water were smashed against the walls. I'm not convinced that that was the poltergeist. I think that could have just been the residence. We've all got that friend, you know they're too drunk, you try to give them water. Fuck
1: you! (laughs) Who do you think I am? I'm not too drunk to make merch. (laughs) I'm sober stop Uh.
2: Next they reached out to a Greek Orthodox priest Who came to try his hand at helping the residents Again the priest went from room to room Blessing each and every room Because that's obviously worked so well (sighs) This only made things worse As this time the crucifix was knocked from the priest's hands Then an unknown force seemed to grab hold of the big black Bible and tried to rip it from the priest's hands. The priest refused to let go and held on with both hands, struggling to keep a hold of the holy book. (laughs) (laughs) The priest was then sent flying backwards across the room as several of the windows in the house exploded. Rooms down the back, you don't hear him as <laughs> the priest left his crucifix and the Bible to protect the family and fucking legged it. <laughs> Ironically, the crucifix and the big black heavy bible actually became two of the preferred objects to then be thrown around the house. Oh my god, can you imagine just I'm just trying to have a shit and just <laughs>
1: Oh, leave me alone. Oh Lord. I don't trust anyone that tries to read on the toilet.
2: Yeah, no, you need to doom scroll like the rest of us. <laughs> if you can stand up and your legs are like working fine, you haven't been there long enough. Sit back down again. You have more messages to send.
1: Yeah, thanks, Elvis Presley.
2: <laughs> That's where he got that wobble from <laughs>
0: Toilet. I'm minutes. all blocked up. <laughs>
2: the residents called out two more priests who came out to give it another stab you must be getting a bulk discount rate
1: what what kind of priests are they down to now what kind of weird sub-denomination disco priest are they up to now
2: I think these are literally a couple of guys from the pub who are at the bachelorette party yeah
1: I've got a priest collar Mm.
2: (laughs) so the two other priests came to the home this time they had their the bible ripped from their hands More disturbingly, they discovered after they had left that when they inspected the Bibles, the pages that spoke with casting out demons had been torn out. One priest felt as if he had been grabbed and one of his arms were forced behind his back and he was forced to the ground.
1: Yeah, how do you like it?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's different when it's on the other foot, hey! This priest also fucking liked it.
0: (laughs) Fuck you, gods! I'm sure it'll turn out fine.
1: Are they going to get like an Anglican priest to go in there and just bore the ghost out of the place? (laughs) (laughs) I think you'll find our denomination is excellent because we have grey jumpers.
0: (laughs) 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 No,
2: this is worse than being dead.
0: Uh, Go away, get fucked,
2: fuck fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) The Pult continued its activities for the next couple of months. A common trick was for their beds to be overturned and their mattresses covered with stones. Oh, that's just annoying. (laughs) Sometimes the residents would be pelted with stones every twenty minutes for a twenty minute burst followed by a short break. Oh, it's just called it's just called having a brother. What do you knew about? about it? you knew about it? Not touching you. I'm
1: not touching you. Oh. You need to get Polto's mum. Oh no. <laughs> Don't uh. make me come down to that plane. Oh,
2: damn Oh, uh, on other days the stones would only fly once or twice a day. Some days would even pass without incident. You've got to have a holiday. Have a day off. Yeah. Sometimes when the residents had had a gutful. Andrew... Here he is. This is him in action. When he got pissed off, he'd be like, how you like it, cunt? Would get his own back by stirring up the pult by reading palms from Father Tom's Bible. Because that's how you calm a situation down.
1: Yeah. yeah. Some bogan escalation. This is, oh, he fucking woke me up when I was on night shift. I'm going to go rev my Commodore now.
2: Yeah, yeah. Get my fishing knife. <laughs> Words spread about the poltergeist, and news agencies began contacting the residents. Tony Healy and Paul Cropper, in their book *Australian Poltergeist*, described the whirlwind. <coughs> in no time, the story went ballistic.
1: <laughs> There's a
2: Journalists dis- from far and wide swooped on it like seagulls onto the proverbial sick prawn. I've
1: never heard that proverb
2: on a sick prawn.
1: On a sick prawn. How
2: do you know a prawn is sick? But it's
1: Australian, prawn. is it fucking sick, yeah. or is it, <laughs> or is it sick?
2: Yeah, I didn't specify.
1: Only Australians could use hyperbole like that. Yeah, fucking yeah. like hyperbole, cunt.
2: <laughs> the first to come was a reporter for ABC Radio who came to the house to interview the residents and whilst there, she received a large electrical shock from her microphone. And then a large rock (sniffs) fell from nowhere onto the table in front of her. To the reporter, the rocks looked exactly like the type of rocks she had seen the day previously on a Darwin beach.
1: So she's a geologist...
2: While you're, while you're at it, can you import Serenity and Firefly, the extended season, from America <laughs> so I don't have to pay shipping? <laughs> That'd be great.
1: What a very ABC journalist thing to notice as well. The, so, yeah, the rocks. Yeah, oh, I'm an ABC journalist and I'm also a fan of rocks.
2: <laughs> I'm sure I've seen that rock before. Oh, oh
1: the mystery s- of the Darwin Beach rocks. <laughs> we don't care about listenership because we're government funded.
2: Next came a reporter from the Northern Territory News. The reporter had to duck when a beer mug flew through a glass window towards her. I don't think that's a poltergeist. I just think this is the Northern Territory. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, who isn't having get a beer mug thrown at them just randomly? <laughs> uh,
0: uh,
2: uh. uh. Then as she stood staring at the broken window pane, the back of her neck was pelted with gravel. Oh. All of this was enough to draw the attention. It's about to get serious. Shit's getting real. You know who's getting involved? You know, come on, come on. Who's the, who's the one champion you want behind your back when someone's charging you 35 cents on your purchase? God damn it, I never agreed to that.
1: Please tell me it's Darren Hinch.
2: It's today, tonight! This is the best bit. Uh, they offered them $5,000 for exclusive access to the TV rights to the poltergeist for one week. It gets better. They were promised five grand. They only ever got two grand from Today Tonight because Today Tonight didn't pay them. Oh, they paid them two grand up front.
1: That's when you call a current affair and get a current affair to chase Today Tonight <laughs> and watch them bore a hole to the centre of the earth. Yeah. Just today, tonight,
2: in black and white and slow motion with ominous, look at them, the cheating
0: bastards.
2: (laughs) So for one week, picture this. So for one week, the residents lived with a poltergeist and a four-man Channel 7 Today Tonight crew, including reporter Greg Quayle and two Darwin-based cameramen, including Danny Sim. That is a made up name.
1: Give me the fucking poltergeist any day. I'd,
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> I'd stay with them before Today Tonight, people, any day of the week.
2: But Danny Sim, all I can think of is, um, you know, that you're terrible, Muriel, where she makes up her boyfriend and she's like, oh, my boyfriend, Tim Sims.
0: That's, <laughs>
2: that's all I can think of. Oh, yeah, and your cameraman. Tim <laughs> oh, Sims. Oh, Lord. So they came to the house. How do you think the Pulto responded to Today Tonight? They went straight to the Scrabble tiles <laughs> and they spelt out no TV.
1: That's, that's incredible.
2: No it's, cameras.
1: It's had media training.
2: Pig media.
1: Pig media.
2: Pig camera. <laughs> and to my favourite, tonight
0: die. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> now the residents.
1: I, I like how this this thing is actually writing as if it's got Scrabble tiles. <laughs> like it can't just use all of them. It's like fuck. How do I spell shit out tiles? Is a of here?
2: Fuck. Another e. Fucking oh. <laughs> you saw what happened the last time they didn't have a u and just tried to go for it. It turned <laughs> into a whole incident. No, everyone <laughs> got upset. No, my lord. <laughs> <sighs> now the residents would tell other reporters later on that the Today Tonight crew totally believed them um, and totally believed something was in the house but the Today Tonight crew could not seem to grab anything on tape while they were there a bullet fell from the ceiling and landed on a table a pair of scissors splashed into the pool and a knife was lodged into one of the cameraman's car explain that to Avis rental <laughs> But the crew simply could not get anything on camera. They always seemed to be looking the other way. At one stage, some glass fell from the ceiling. Now, you're not going to believe this. Today, tonight, sneaky bastards. They didn't tell them. They had brought a thermal camera, like the Predator. Now, with this, because they put it directly on the glass, and because if, you, if a human being had picked up the glass and pelted it, you'd see the different colours from where the person had held the glass. So, their predator crewman, totally not made up, Tim Sim ran in. It was evenly hot. Which meant the only way that it could be thrown by a human was if that human being had taken that bit of glass, heated it in a microfade, got some tongs and then thrown it. But nobody noticed that, so... Or
1: it's just the Northern Territory and everything's fucking hot.
2: <laughs> oh. and But as much as this sort of stuff happened, none of it got caught on camera. There was one incident where a baby bottle fell off a microwave, but even that footage got ruined because Andrew decided to walk his big, dumb, shirtless ass off through the footage as it was being recorded... One of the crew, Max Anderson, said of the Pulse timing, Oh my God, bless you.
1: You've just been brought a bourbon and coke.
2: Hey! Mm. Mm. It's
1: thirsty work. Oh,
2: it so is. Oh my God. Thank you, Satan. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Hard-earned
1: podcast needs a big cold bourbon.
2: (laughs) Uh, Now, one of the crew said of the Pulse timing, The timing is not just excellent, it's genius.
1: Except it can't spell.
2: Will, you know, yeah. shame him. Oh, my God.
1: Literacy is a problem for me.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Greg Quayle and part of the crew returned to Sydney to prepare the Today Tonight story. Dim Sim returned, stayed in the house for another two days to see if he could get some more extra footage. Now, the article went to air and it, quote, rated its ass off.
1: <laughs> like a sick prawn.
2: Oh. And Today Tonight was quite, you know, generous to the residents going, ooh, we don't know what it is. And they spoke to Father Tom English and was like, ooh, something touched me. Definitely not the other way around. It touched me. <laughs> yes. <sighs> but then Today Tonight got some footage from Tim Sims. Oh. He said he had captured footage of a pot lid hitting a table. However... If you looked in the glass reflection of the glass door on a cabinet, you could in fact make out the image of what appeared to want to be one of the female residents, Kirsty, moving in. And today, tonight, alleges, throwing the lid. ba This second episode aired and they railed against the residents, saying they were hoaxes and they were making it up. This time, they got the champion... ...or the spokesperson of the Australian Skeptics Association. (laughs) That's a fun group of people, isn't it? (laughs) Guess what I dig in the weekend? I call bullshit! (laughs) (sighs) They also claimed that they had uh, a recording... ...of Kirsty confessing to throwing the plot. Which she denied, totally made no confession... So the story went nationwide and everyone was now making fun of the residents. Everyone's like, ah, you're full of shit. Two more paranormal researchers, Tony Healy and Paul Cropper, approached the residents and tried to convince them that they wanted to stay in the house for a week, just like today, tonight was. Now, the single residents at this stage were quite sceptical of the quote, yes, media, bastards. <laughs> But the two researchers showed them their files of, like, paranormal investigations and they agreed to let the two researchers stay in the house. Now, when they came in, the first thing that they did was they checked the ceiling fans. Because when they had talked to the, the spokesperson for the Australian Skeptics Association, his theory was that the residents had, in fact, sticky taped Items, scissors, knives, pebbles, spark plugs, to the top of their ceiling fans with tape, and then just turned them on and then just waited for them to spontaneously like just pew shower guests. It's
1: just like kids off the spin dragon. Just
2: mm-hmm. oh. Woo! Woo! So they checked. They found no weird uh, no weird objects up there and they found no residue of sticky tape. One of the best things is before they did this, another researcher A reporter actually did his own investigations at home. He actually went and put pebbles and spark plugs on top of his ceiling fan at home and then turned it on just to see what happened. Um, He learnt a few things those days. Um, I think, firstly, A, his wife will divorce him. Yeah. Um, (laughs) B, insurance doesn't uncover that. Um, and see, the rocks and pebbles fell completely different as they did in the poltergeist house. Now, I also asked Kirsty about, what's this about the confession? It says there's a confession. Kirsty revealed that on her last phone call with Greg Quayle on midnight, April the 21st, she may have yelled something like, look, say what you bloody well like. I did it. Is that what you want me to say? Just leave me at home. But that's not a confession, she says. Totally not a confession.
1: That worked in the magistrate's court, for sure.
2: (laughs) Now, sadly, the poltergeist never showed up for these researchers um, to make an appearance. But you know who did make an appearance? Their landlord! Oh,
1: no. The real villain, yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, my God, because the world is a mysterious and curious place and we never know what is going to happen. (sighs) But a landlord will always be an (laughs) arsehole. The landlord had heard of this and saw all of the press, so he showed up with an eviction notice and demanded that they pay thousands of dollars in repairs and compensation. Now this went to the courts and of course the courts, rental courts, showing completely unbiased opinions, said straight off the bat, I don't believe in poltergeists and ghosts so we'll have none of that. <sighs> the residents, however, pointed out that they paid their rent and there was no destruction, okay. Uh, well, what had been destroyed, they had replaced at their own expense, And the stuff that was really damaged was really their own shit. So, what does it matter? Um, So, even when the landlord's um, lawyers agreed that the house was in good condition, they agreed, okay, we can't, we've got to actually overturn the eviction notice. In Andrew's words, why should we move? Bugger them! We pay our rent. We look after the place. We didn't break any of the windows. Polto did. (laughs) Andrew went on to say, we were here first. We don't want to move out. It's a nice place. We like it. Like I said, we were here first. (laughs) Hold on to that sentence because that sentence is going to be very important in a minute. So what was going on at this house? There's been a few theories that were predicted. One of them comes from the former owner... Stavros Kaneris, who built the house in 1972 with his own
0: hands.
2: But then in the 80s, when he came into financial trouble with his business, the bank moved in and forcibly evicted him and his entire family. In fine Greek condition, they cursed everyone and everything. But as he has said in reports, he cursed the bank and not the house, although he does feel that some of his negative energy may still be residing in the house. (laughs) Uh, Another theory suggested that one of the occupants may have been a sort of medium, unaware of their power. One night, Andrew took the two researchers aside to suggest that possibly... Some odd events had happened before to him and (laughs) Kirsty. They just happened to have forgotten until just now when they thought, oh my God, maybe this is related. (laughs) It seems where the couple had previously lived. And sometimes they had expressed quite vocally, especially after a few drinks at the local pub, they had expressed that they, how can we say this? Um, They voted One Nation. Oh. They went to Cronulla for the riots. Ah.
1: Kingswood Country is a documentary.
2: They liked their policies like they liked their tea. White. They did not own the Yofu Yindi discography. Ah. Ah they had expressed on occasion some racist and derogatory feelings towards the aboriginal community at large as well as members in their community the couple then started to experience problems with rocks and stones being thrown at their house and onto their roof and straight through their front door (sighs) And one night a large rock smashed through one of their windows. Racing outside, they could find no one. The attacks only seemed to happen at night. So Andrew, who, surprise supplies, blamed the local Aboriginal community <laughs> and was quite vocal about it. Oh, God. So he decided to set himself up in full camouflage gear and hide in a bush at the front of his house for several nights to catch the culprit. But no one ever appeared and the stones continued to fly. So the two of them decided to leave the area. Now what is curious is there are actually legends of Aboriginal shamans who would punish wrongdoers by having them beset by showers of stones. How nice would that? Me? It's also going to make things very interesting as we're currently having this debate about should we recognise the Aboriginal, like, uh, first voice, like in parliament. It's like, how do you feel about that? What? No. Ah. Ah. Ah, ah, ah,
1: ah. ah. I reckon Peter Dutton's bald head would make a very cool kind of bongo noise. Just.
2: <laughs> I would pay to see that. Yeah. Oh lord. So Andrew and Kirsty, they left that house and they moved to Gosford working on a construction project. Andrew working as a driller, Kirsty worked as a camp cook. Now Kirsty claimed she would put instant coffee in a coffee cup and then turn back with the kettle and the cup had vanished. (laughs) One day every single coffee cup disappeared from the mess hall. The cups then seemed to all mysteriously appeared a short time afterwards on the roofs of the nearby trailers and on top of tall posts. They were filled to the brim with instant coffee. <laughs> Kirstie blew the incident off as the work of a practical joker. Then two large knives disappeared. One reappeared a couple of days later, stabbed into the carcass of a dead pig hanging in the locked cool room.
0: Jokers. Yeah.
2: <laughs> maybe maybe we should move. Maybe again? <laughs> oh, Lord. Back at the house, Kirsty just doesn't know when to be quiet and she doesn't help herself when she reports seeing two <sighs> um two people. Um Two Indigenous persons crouched under a mango tree, digging with their hands next to the house at the haunted property. Kirstie says she challenged the two men and the two men rose without even looking at the residents. Then the two men walked slowly up the driveway. The two men climbed into a small orange car and drove away and were never seen again. Neither was the polto. So now after five months of both couples living in the residence, they decided, you know what? Nah, we're going to, you know what? We're just going to get going. (sighs) And all of the residents moved out almost 12 months after living in the property. But it turns out that perhaps this group were not the first to have experienced something at the house. Irene Winters, who cleaned the house before the residents moved in, later told investigators, It was a horrible feeling in the whole house. She said the house was always unnaturally cold. Which, for the Northern Territory, I would pay extra for that. Yeah. Oh, my God! That sounds amazing! Oh, my God, do you know how much I pay on air cool? Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That it was unnaturally cold and doors would open and close on their own. I just say that's respectful. If you're going to be living here, just close that door when you come through. Yeah. like, oh my God. She also claims that a tradesman who had come to do work on the property simply picked up his tools and worked out in the middle of the job and left without pay. Simply walking past Irene saying, nah, I'm (laughs) out (laughs) of (laughs) here. Smoko. And never returned to the property. I think that's just the housing market at the moment, like the construction industry. I don't yeah. think that's a poltergeist. Later school teacher Annette Taylor, who rented the house prior to the couples in 1997, told reporters that she had no poltergeist activity, but claims that... I knew that there was something there. I used to say so to people, and they looked at me as though I was... Weird.
0: <laughs>
2: I, I imagine she has a hump for some reason. I don't know why.
1: <laughs> in Humpty
2: Doo. <laughs> Humpty Doo One investigator expressed a belief that the landlords themselves had encountered something at the property and had fled. Why else would they live down the road with their five children in an old tin house with no pool? when they owned this considerably larger and nicer property five minutes down the road.
1: Negative gearing. That's...
2: (laughs) The landlords were unavailable for comment. After the residents moved out, the landlord repaired the property and nine months later relisted it again as a rental. The new residents have never reported publicly any poltergeist problems in the house. That's because they want their bonds back. That's got nothing to do with the poltergeist. (laughs) This asshole has already showed. He's ready to litigate. Oh, my God, you've got a poltergeist? Why? You're subletting. Oh, my God. (laughs) That is illegal. I demand more money. Oh, my God. And free cooling? Oh, Oh if I knew that was included. Up the rent, up the rent <laughs> immediately. Oh, my Lord. So there we go. We have the haunting of the Humpty Doo poltergeist. What do you think? Real or fiction? Fiction. Fiction. Fight, 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 fight. Yeah.
1: I figure with all the TV people they sent through that place. As real as Jesus. Jesus.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mm. All
2: right, what do you think? What do you think? Come on, put it on the line. I
1: think it's a real good story.
2: (laughs) But you've got the thing, like, you've got Father, like, who claims that, like, something was trying to, like, you know, pull... I was gonna say something <laughs> from his pants, yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> we've explained
2: that, I ain't no poltergeist. Um, but it was like ripping the Bible from his hands. How do you explain that?
1: He's got taste. Don't
0: um. <laughs> <laughs> know.
2: Oh, it's curious. Well, like I said, it is still available. It is still available for rent. Um, I think we should make a pop up there one day. Have a little party.
1: Yeah, let's. T- they should turn it into an Airbnb.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I give it five ghouls.
1: (laughs) Leave a review. Got in there late. It was nice. Found there was a nice packet of biscuits waiting for us. Didn't appreciate the spark plug being thrown at me at four in the morning. (laughs) But that's Humpty Doo.
2: <laughs> oh, but then I got my period and it was like, there was this hot stone massage on me. Oh, it was really nice. Five stars. I thought they
1: had one of those, like, Thai massage baths where you put your feet in the bucket and the fish nibble at your toes. But it turns out some people have just broken in and left crocodiles. and. <laughs> Oh my God! Was this giant
2: like sphere just opened? Like in the child's bedroom, there were some clowns, and just I don't know. The afterlife was just sucking the dead skin off my heels.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was like those little fish, you know. It was like a nibbling sensation. But good, good, good. <laughs> yeah.
1: With all the TV people they turn to, I would have liked to have seen them turn to like Better Homes and Gardens. <laughs> get, get like Scott Cam in there. Just go, He's oh, here's, here's your classic haunting. What we want to do is we want to turn this wall, which is currently covered in weeping blood, into a feature wall. <laughs> so we're going to hang some brass up here. We're going to channel that blood down into the garden, make a nice koi pond right there. <laughs> up the value, charge more in rent.
2: Woo! I like it. I like it.
1: Okay. Yeah. So what do you think? The haunting of Humpty Doo? Real. 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 real, real, real. Ooh. The people... That, this is how the fucking Salem witch trial happened. I know. Just... I don't know, it's entertaining.
2: Kill them! Hey, everyone, (laughs) grab your crocodiles and light your torches. Woo! But I'd like to take this moment, because I think it's a very serious moment, we've all had fun, and this has been good times, but just remember, on this, the special hallowed night of your wedding anniversary, (laughs) just remember, real mothmen, eat the carpet.
1: Yeah, and Humpty Doo Hump. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do my catchphrase because I'm going to curse them, but thank you so much for coming out. <laughs> to the second ever, but first ever, live Gabin in the Woods at the Fringe. Did you guys enjoy yourselves? <laughs>
2: yeah. What can the Port Adelaide Walking Tour do? It can fuck
0: itself! <laughs>
1: Woo! Most of all, give it up for Liz, who is the spark plug thrown engine room <laughs> of the podcast.
2: Oh, no. Let's give it up for the life of the party, John Brooks.
1: Oh. This is going to be online in a day or two, but yeah, thanks so much for coming out, guys. We are selling merch. Enjoy the rest of the fringe, but most importantly, thank you so much for coming out. We really do. Oh
0: yeah.